Hello, and welcome to Deep Impact, a proud member of the Doof Network, where we dive deep into Wabo's most work five years on. Coming up next is Elliot Diebold. And that was Ruben Morehouse. Hey, that's me. And we're back to talk about Null 9.5. Or is it? Or is it me? Exactly. You could just be a vestige of yourself. (laughs) Elliot, are we just vestiges of each other? Which one of (laughs) us is the real one? Um, Anyway, so, uh, yeah, (laughs) we're still reeling from that (laughs) twist, I guess. As is Blake, uh, kind of reconciling his realisation that he is but a vestige of Rose, uh, struggling with this before he kind of reconciles it and starts to take stock of what this actually means for himself. Yeah. Um, you know, it's sort of what we went through a bit at the end of last episode, uh, you know, it's just sort of coming to terms with how does this affect you going forward? I guess he, it, we were yep. more focused on the past. Blake is sort of like, well, <laughs> what now? Yeah, fair enough. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and, but you know, fuck, he does think about his past for a bit, but he actually kind of is able to see it as more of a relief than anything. Like, I think the direct line is something like, um, oh, I can't be weighed down my pa- by my past because it didn't really happen, right? Which is, I mean, it's an attitude to take. Um, yeah, I-, I didn't expect it to be so freeing, but what the witch was saying about it being kind of an anchor that now he's brought it on board, it, it doesn't weigh him down anymore, was actually quite on point, it seems. Yeah. And I mean, I, I find that interesting how much he's just sort of able to cast it off. Like, I took it as... Uh, like, you know, it should affect him a little bit less, but, like, I'm assuming it hasn't, like, you know, he's not just going to go around hugging people now, right? Like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's like he's just fixed it, but there's just, I think, this sense of, like, like a little bit of a sense of closure, I guess. Like, uh, at the very least, coming to terms with the truth and no longer lying to himself has sort mm-hmm. of untangled this, like, knot inside him. Mm. Uh, if that makes sense. Like, at the very least, it's just at least he can see it for what it was. Yeah. Um, And, uh, look, I guess we'll touch on this in a second, but Blake is kind of starting to see himself as not human anymore, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. And so there's an interesting question here of, well, did he... (laughs) This is a question (laughs) that I had, at least, is, did he actually take it on board, or has he cast off his humanity? Because, like, we kind of see him come to terms with his otherness maybe it's not such a black and white decision of either take it on board or cut yourself loose but he's kind of picked a path that's a little grayer than it might be based on how he seems to kind of accept his lack of humanity later yeah i think it's about accepting the truth and then making like more informed decisions Mm. about or with it Mm. because yeah i agree like there are bits where he just sort of shows that he can stop needing to breathe or whatever now that he's yeah. a mother and and he has no heartbeat no I, I was just kind of there i was like I, I don't know if we should just be throwing that away yeah like uh, well yeah those... he doesn't seem to throw it away he with the breathing at least he's like no, i'm just gonna keep doing it it feels yeah nice. <laughs> and he talks to the witch a bit about it and she's like i don't know you look maybe you can cast some stuff off but you you won't be careful right like yeah uh and, and i think that's sort of the smart way to play this like that makes sense to me is you can probably ditch some parts of human biology, I guess, but you'd want to be careful about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so one other thing that Blake kind of confronts is he, he kind of looks at his tattoos and realises that his damaged vestige self has kind of been inhabited by these spirits that that 
are his, the birds in his tattoos, which kind of makes that whole thing a bit creepier. Um, and these birds start <laughs> basically acting like the statues from Doctor Who, uh, which definitely ratchets up the creepy factor. <laughs> uh, the the angels, yeah. Yeah, the weeping um, angels. Yeah, I mean, it's, I still just, every time the tattoos come up, I think I feel like I say to myself, I've just got to go back and look at every reference to the tattoos <laughs> and see if I can like figure out what this means. Add and, it to the uh, list of things that we need to watch out for on us. I can read through. Um, like, yeah, maybe next week when there isn't a bonus chapter, I'm just going to sit down and and try and unravel the tattoos in in, in a bonus bit or something. Because, mm. like, it, I kind of got the impression that maybe the birds have been there kind of from the start. Like, you know, some of these birds might have been there from Arc One. Mm. You know, like maybe he's always been a bit reinforced with bird spirits. Mm. I don't know. Uh, and then I was thinking maybe like, he's the tree, not the birds. Mm. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I speculating because I don't remember. Like I just remember there's always weird shit with the tattoos, and I never understand it. And I gotta, I gotta like go back and revisit them and see if I can figure this out. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, leave that for a future yeah. episode, or, or at least be more confident that there isn't like this may not be something where there's like a set of rules, right? It could just mm. it, it could just be very interpretive every time, but. I'll feel more confident saying that if I can go through them all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Blake is kind of settling back into his body, and he is still pretty beaten up. He's, he's missing an eye, which I, he has been missing the whole time, right? I, I kind of forgot mm. that he was missing an eye for a while, but it comes back here. Um, yeah, I, um, I, 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 I keep remembering, because I keep picturing the drains as extra foggy and dark, because... Also, the eye that he does have has been, like, partially erred. Yep. Uh, so it's like he's not just down to one eye, he's down to, like, half an eye. Yeah. Um, the other thing about Blake's body is the branches on his tattoos are spreading, uh, which is interesting, weird. They start making noise, so stuff's really getting real. Yeah. And so I think, based on what he says at the end of the chapter, that this is bits of err that are in him? Am I... Like, am I- mm. I don't know. I I didn't. I I, I don't know. It's the tattoos, man. I don't know what to make of them. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. I, but I I think this could be you know because he says later on that the bits of ur in his arm were burnt off at the end of the chapter. Mm. So I think that's maybe what these branches are. Well, I, I suspect like that it, it's his spirit being worn out by ur. I don't know. I I think that happens at the end. I think ur gets in his arm when he's kind of climbing up the whatever rocks at the end. Uh I don't know okay. if he's got Ur in his arms at this point, but um, anyway, Blake, yeah, so we kind of touched on this before, but Blake is kind of seeing his body differently, right? He he kind of starts using more mechanical language. He's forcing himself to breathe and he kind of, it, he seems to be adapting to the mindset of like, oh, I'm just a kind of machine. Now I understand myself. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, because, you know, the the whole thing about the drains is he's been forced to the whole time sort of choose the parts of his humanity that he wants to keep. Mm. And now we're seeing that in like a much less aggressive manner. Uh, he's been shown that like, even outside the drains, he sort of has the ability to pick and choose mm. what, which parts of his humanity he, uh, he leaves intact. Mm. Um, it's, it's a nice sort of extension of that idea that the, the drains have been hammering into us for four chapters now. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I, I like the way he's, um, as he said, his language has become so much more mechanical. Like, there's a bit where 
uh, he has he, he gets a bit scared and he, and he says, uh, I, I felt a thrum of alarm and unease in my chest at the idea, as if my heart was a box and something was inside, fluttering in momentary <laughs> panic. The vibration of it ran through me. And it's like, that's just, that's just feeling nervous. Like, he's just, he, he's, he's sort of abstracted this very normal reaction he's probably had a hundred times in this book uh, and is now suddenly describing it so differently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we see that happen a few more times throughout the chapter as well. Um, mm. It's interesting. Uh, I wonder, yeah, this is kind of what makes me think, like, we're kind of set up by the story to believe that he's at least successfully confronted his past and that means he's not giving up his humanity in the drains. But I don't know, p- parts like this make me feel that he's giving up more of his humanity than we're led to believe. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, the pressure is off of him from the drain's perspective, but now it's like the choice has just been put in his hands. Yeah, like definitely. It's not, it's not like it's over. It's now it's, here you go, like, it's your turn to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so Blake, uh, of course, looks for more answers. And so he heads back to the witch's hut to basically debrief with her about what just happened. Um, and uh, one of the things that they talk about a lot is the tarot reading back from the Duchamp house. Yeah. And I mean, I love how he was just kind of here from her perspective. Like, yeah. you know, it, he's coming to terms with the fact that for him, it feels like he's been gone for months, but he was probably already only gone for like a couple of hours. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Again, fucking with Blake's mind, right? Um, yeah. I, I want to pull out this line where the witch, Blake kind of realizes that she knew uh, that he was a vestige and uh, he confronts her about it. And she says, I had an idea, she said. Vestige isn't the idea that leaped to mind, which, like, <laughs> what did leap to mind? I'm so curious. Um, throughout the rest of this chapter, we get one or two beats that there's kind of more pieces to the puzzle that are missing, and and this makes me. This yeah. is kind of the first of those where I'm like, okay, some feels like something still is going on here. Yeah, and I mean, then they sort of launch into a discussion about how labels can be dangerous, and like, I think that's really the key here. Like, uh. Whatever yeah. Blake is, and, and, and yeah, we even said this, you know, when we were talking about vestiges in uh, Johan's domain, yep. we were sort of saying that Rose was a special case. Um, and, 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 you know, like, that still stands for Blake, I think. Like, they're not yep. typical, it's not a typical vestige that's happened here, um, at the very least. So, like, it, it's probably like a, a weird semantics thing. Like, maybe he's halfway between a vestige and whatever she was thinking of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see if what what exactly how how exactly Blake <laughs> defies his label. Um, so yeah, yeah, they 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 launch a lot more into uh, talking about the tarot card reading, and we get back into the kind of left hand right hand stuff. Um, and and the witch adds some deeper meanings to this. Uh, I really like this. Like we get it recontextualized again, and I had kind of forgotten about it mostly, but it seems to be. <laughs> uh, pretty relevant at this point um the witch pulls out uh the the what was it the hanged oh no the chariot sorry um Mm -hmm. and says i'm working from memory but the card usually features a man with a laurel or crown on his head the victor if you will the conqueror which is (laughs) well that's not a loaded a loaded word (laughs) there's an explicit (laughs) wink at the audience there um yeah no i love this because you know obviously we kind of touched on what the fuck is going on with conquest while this has all been going on and i love that this is kind of jumping right back into our mind and into blake's mind he kind of thinks to himself oh gosh okay i better get the fuck out of here and figure (laughs) this shit out Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to get real tinfoily, you could talk about how 
you know, with with Blake having the stuff in Toronto, he was always going to end up in Toronto, and that meant Rose was likely going to end up with Conquest, and maybe mm. that was all designed. Interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how much to read into if any of this was planned, because the whole thing seemed like a clusterfuck from, from the inside. Mm. Uh, so who knows? Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. It, who knows how much of it is planned? I... It, <laughs> There was a comment from last chapter that I just kind of want to drop here. I can't remember who said it, but um, somebody wrote something in the comments to the effect of, like, you know, the one good thing, the one redeeming thing that we've always kind of come back to for Rose is that she chained herself up to Conquest uh, when she saw that Blake was freaking out about it, which is, like, a very selfless thing. Yeah. And with all this kind of <laughs> recontextualizing in mind, like, that feels a lot more insidious now as well. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, if this was part of the plan... And yeah, like that may have been part of the plan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to go back on to the, the left hand, right hand stuff, because I mean, the witch kind of speaks in riddles about it. So I want to make sure I'm sort of like understanding it right. Mm. Um, so she talks about how the left hand is your like almost your supplementary one. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you use it to strengthen the right hand, but you got to watch out for like just left hand things. Mm-hmm. Like she, she doesn't. She avoids using the term evil to describe like your left hand facet, but it's more like something you gotta watch for. Mm. Mm. Is that is that, is that sort of Yeah, I think so. Like, that's my understanding of what she's saying. So for instance, with Blake, his left hand was the the high priestess, which was all about like intuition and connections. So mm-hmm. she sort of talks about how if you're not using your right hand part, like if if you're not under pressure, be wary of when you're falling into your left hand tendencies. So for Blake it's you know, if you're not under pressure, maybe don't just, like, go with your gut or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, you know, I mean, you know, I feel like we've been saying that for months. Yeah. She's uh, she's got a direct- That that radio station was actually just broadcasting Deep Impact, and she's, uh, she's <laughs> repeating it right to him. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I agree with that completely. And then, obviously, you know, Rose's left one was that conquesty one, which- um, Yeah. I mean, there's not much subtlety in that one. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, and before we leave the witch's hut, just worth pointing out, she's she's so helpful. She's so nice. Like, just you, you, you lucked out finding this really helpful resource down in the yeah. trains. You better pay her grave a nice visit if you get back out. I mean, I reckon just to summon her out of, like, you know, assume he's got some sort of connection or mm. I don't know if he wants to make a trip back to into the drains, but, like, you know, he's met some of the nicest, best allies he's ever yep. seen uh, in the drains. Uh, like, aside, I was just, 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 just got back here, rescue Green Eyes, rescue that lady, uh, the yep. witch, rescue that whole colony and the and the poor kids who run around with goblins in their hair. Like, yep, rescue the tentacle monster because who knows what it'd be like if it was in a not a stressful situation. I don't might know, be a friend. That's, that's more of a Corvidae type uh, summoning, <laughs> in my point of view. Yeah. Um, okay, so one more thing before we leave the witch, which is this little line that I that I like, uh, where she says, okay, she said, your mirror self is a Southpaw then? No, I said. I searched my memories before coming up with a fairly confident, no. Hmm, she said. Indeed. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Again, something's going on here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll get into it later. I'll, I'll do it later. All right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah, Blake leaves the witch's <laughs> hut and uh, he heads back to the beginning, uh, retracing his steps back towards where he first came in. Um, and on his way, he has a vision of Rose interacting with her parents. So, I like, it. I-, I like this conceit that Blake has to travel 
back to where he came from, like the entrance is where he started. It reminds me of what we talked about at the end of Signature, where it felt like you know Signature really came full circle, and yeah. and Mags was confronted with all her challenges. And this is sort of the same. Blake has trudged right down through the drains, hit his like metaphorical bottom, um, and found like out this truth, and now he has to in some cases literally climb back out uh the way he came it's it's a it's a cool like idea mm yeah yeah definitely it it does have that kind of you're right the the vibe of i mean Blake is pretty explicitly confronting his past present future right so so the sense of everything mm. coming full circle it makes sense for it to happen physically as well as kind of metaphorically i suppose well, and it really emphasizes this real revelation he's had now as, as the turning point, right? Like, now he's turned around and he's heading back up and out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, let's talk about this vision of Rose. Um, <laughs> so, Rose's relationship with her parents is bad, of course. So, that's not fake. That She wasn't lying about that. And I'm, yeah, so... Uh, I mean, relatively, like, it seems like she's doing all right compared to, like, Blake's relationship it's with true. his parents. It's true. Uh, but it... it it seems like she is more willing to engage with them than Blake ever was. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so this vision is here to for a reason, right? The Drains is fucking with Blake, of course, throughout this whole mm-hmm. chapter. Um, and so Blake's thought about this is uh, kind of showing him things that he will never have, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, he sorts this one more into the future category, doesn't he? Yeah. But that doesn't quite ring true to me because, like, Blake doesn't doesn't want to have his family. Like, I I don't think he would kind of mourn that as a loss. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, you can see from our notes in front of you what what this vision meant for me. Mm-hmm. Uh. But uh, yeah, for Blake, like, I mean, you could argue maybe his bad talking about the parents influenced Rose or whatever. Like, uh, it's and and you know sailed her relationship with them I, I i don't know either it's um because the general theme of the rest of them is that like it's all your fault and that everyone is suffering yeah uh and and for this one i don't quite see that connection yeah maybe the the way to tie it in is like not having a re- good relationship with ivy because you've poisoned the well a bit with your family but that doesn't feel right to me yeah yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe if, if anyone in the audience has ideas, uh, hit us up with them. Mm. Um, but anyway, b- before we before we move on, it's time for everybody to to turn around and and get their tinfoil hats on. All right, hold on. Let me just. All right, I'm ready. Okay, because I've been I've been I've been doing some overthinking. <laughs> um, so okay, the the thing that like. Blake pointed out with Ivy, and I don't know if we touched on this at all uh, in in last episode, but. The whole thing with like Ivy, like I Blake always said Ivy was something his parents did because he ran off and it was like they wanted yeah. a new child or whatever. Yeah, and that never really made sense to me because it was like, why did they have to wait for him to leave? I guess is my question. Mm-hmm. Like, if they wanted a female heir contender, um, you know, Blake w- was male the whole time, right? Um, yeah. So, it, like, the thought that occurred to me is it makes more sense to have had Ivy if Rose was the one who'd run away. But uh, unless she was lying about it, Rose never seems to have run away like Blake did. Mm. And yeah, so then I sort of realized last chapter or last episode, I was thinking very Blake-centric about how Blake was created and why bits of him were created. And I never really stopped to think that 
just because Blake's a vestige, that doesn't mean that Rose isn't, <laughs> right? Okay. Um, so, so like, okay. I, I, talk, well, I talked a lot about how Blake was designed to be the perfect fall guy, but then I was also thinking, Rose, you know, is this sort of perfect heir, and, and we're really seeing how she's stepping up to, you know, kind of be a pretty potent diabolist from the looks of it uh, mm. here. And I'm wondering if it's not just that Blake was designed to be this fall guy. I think Rose was also designed to be the perfect heir. Like, maybe- So, I, I think there was, like, an original Rose who was a pretty good candidate. And it's not that just that Blake was made to mirror her. I think I think Blake was actually, like, carved out of the original Rose and and then, like, tweaked and stuff. But it's, like, things like all- all of, Like, he's a very compassionate- person right like that's something that's really defined him the whole time mm. and so like i'm wondering if the, is that one of those things that rose senior was like eh, you have a bit too much compassion i'm just gonna you know give, <laughs> to give most of that, that to, to, to the yeah. to the vestige yeah um similarly like if if he's the one with the memories of running away and essentially abandoning the family conflict then rose doesn't remember like if, if she's the one who turned her back on the family conflict then that turning her back is sort of conveniently from forgotten uh from her right like he's mm, so she he's can take- kind of step up and take the reins yeah exactly he's taken her distaste for the entire contest or maybe not all of it but like clearly like you know a lot more of it than she's got mm. um so yeah i don't know that's my thinking is is like creating blake wasn't just about creating the perfect fall guy it was about carving up this person to create uh, the perfect fall guy and the perfect heir Interesting. Um, so there's sort of a, I don't know, I don't want to say yin, yin and yang, but you know, it's 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 one person who's been shattered into two halves, presumably by Barbatorum, mm. uh, to fit this perfect ideal mm. uh, okay. of Rose I'll, I'll put it down in the uh, prediction spreadsheet, I suppose. Oh, yeah, okay. Wait, why not, um, you know? You, yeah, You fair. landed uh, M equals P, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, one for 20 or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean- I think this also makes sense because one of the things I was complaining about last chapter as well is it all seemed too expensive, right? Mm. Like, uh, you, you know, like I, I was saying, I thought like Alexis and Ty and, and all of them might be vestiges. And that's just, I don't understand. I was saying, I don't understand how she paid for this, but I'm thinking maybe they were the original Rose's friends. Mm. Um, so they're actually real. I, yeah, I think so. So I, I think like Blake's apartment was Rose's apartment. Mm. Like, I think most of the story of, or the, the general big bits of the story of him running away are probably, like, you know, have some foundation in truth from what happened to Rose before she was sort of carved up. So, we s- later in this chapter, we see that Carl is also real. Mm, yeah, and that's a big, that, like, that, that's something that sort of seals this a bit more for me is, like, why else would that be a thing, mm. <laughs> I guess. Okay, interesting. I like it. I guess we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. Ooh, nice prediction. We'll see. Uh, so Blake uh, continues his journey, kind of moving through the drains. Uh, he, he goes again past the cold tentacle monster, avoiding it this time, uh, finds himself above the giant goblin, and the astrologer stared at the burning building, tears streaming down her face. Man, I was so sad. When yeah, that I bit know, Because like right? that, that kind of came out of nowhere. Everything else had been very... Rose and her cabal centric until then, that it's just suddenly yeah. like, also the astrologer's miserable. And I was like, oh God. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It, so, and interesting to me, and it kind of confused me for a bit, is Blake doesn't react to this vision at all. 
Um, and so I kind of, for my first read through, I was confused whether he actually, like, whether this was a vision he was actually having or not, if it was just mm. a weird little bit. Um, no, I think it's sort I- of the ramping up to the, the vision quick cuts that we're getting, that we get later on. Yeah. And, and later on, we kind of see the point of those being showing Blake that he has had a negative impact on the world, which mm. this is, uh. An unfair way to set, to start that. Maybe the drain started with its weakest point of evidence because Blake really only helped the astrologer. Like, the- uh, I mean, look, I agree that directly he didn't have too mm. much to do with it, but uh, and especially he he never wanted Rose and, and Corviday doing stuff, yeah. which is really what set her against the sisters. But he started the whole conquest contest, so yeah. indirectly, like you can, you know, and Blake is the kind of person who would buy that um he's he's sort of very harsh on himself so i i can see what it's achieving i i agree it's maybe a bit unfair yeah uh yeah it's sad though like it's shit it's just shit the astrologer <laughs> we don't have that many kind of nice characters in this story and the astrologer is one of them no and, and she's someone like we've kind of been set up to really like the astrologer pretty much right from the get-go she's always been nice yeah. Um. It's always, there's always been really soft language to do de- to describe her, mm. um, which kind of stands out in this story a bit. And then also like she's just a big nerd, which obviously like you know this is a web serial like you know there's not too many jocks reading it, right? Like we're all <laughs> we're all kind of nerdy. Elliot, shame on you, putting the whole readership <laughs> on blast. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So one thing, one thing I did want to say about this, and uh, like, I. Try not to be negative. Like I'm, I guess I don't understand what the point of the tentacle creature was. Like at either stage of this, mm. um, like it was kind of a cool fight the the first time around, but I sort of didn't see what it added to the chapter it was in. Mm. And then again here, it's just sort of another obstacle. He just kind of skips through. Like it's a, it's a bit of a tense encounter, but usually all these things in Wabo stories are. Have a deeper meaning, and I can't see what it is for this one. Like I don't, I don't really understand what it, what it's sort of saying or doing here, apart from just being like another obstacle. Well, we haven't got up to the reveal that the tentacle monster actually was green eyes the whole time. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that... that'll recontextualize it for yeah. you. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, okay. I, I get what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, it, it kind of has some. It obviously had relevance to him finding out who he was because it, it kind of demonstrated his uh, real physical uh, inability, to, you know, inability to deal with any physical damage um, or be be kind of adversely impacted by any kind of physical touch. Uh, but you're hmm. right that it, it wasn't doing any, it wasn't doing anything twice. I think this is the first part of the story where something hasn't been doing two things at once, so... Yeah, I guess it least, makes sense that it stands out. At least that I can think of, anyway. Um, yeah. I do like how he kind of smart talks it on his way out. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, it, the point of it is just to show, like, Blake had real trouble with this thing going in, but now that he's kind of come to terms with who he is, he is able to really kind of effectively deal with it. Even, you know, having a vision when he is fighting it, which is what caused him to get fucked by it the first time. Yeah, fair. Um, But you, you're right, you're right. Uh. Anywho, uh, so so Blake is standing above the goblin, sees the astrologer crying, and starts to think about what he wants. What what is his future? 
um, and he eventually accepts that he's probably never going to ride his motorcycle again. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't, like, uh, you know, I, I kind of like this resolution, but it doesn't feel like he uh, really had to earn it compared mm. to the others, you know? Mm. Like, I, um, he says, like, oh, I don't know if this counts as the test, but blah, and and it doesn't really come up again for the rest of the chapter, but I'm skeptical as to whether he's completely left this uh, this part of the challenge behind him. Mm. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I do think, though, that Drains is kind of, I don't know, like, draining him, right? Like, <laughs> this, this part of the chapter is the first part of the chapter in the Drains where it's really, to me, really feels like a slog for Blake. Like, he's really losing things more and more, right? Um, yeah. I don't want Blake to lose all of his things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he does sort of give up on his hopes and dreams in this segment. Like, that's not nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's, I don't know. There's not like a, it didn't have the same sense of completion like some of the others did or will. Mm. Yeah. Um, so Blake has another vision. Uh, Mags is delivering mail to his cabal. <laughs> I'm just going to keep <laughs> calling them the cabal. <laughs> um, Tiffany, Tyler, Alexis, uh, and they each receive a letter. And, and Evan. Well, Evan doesn't receive a letter, but he's there. Um, <laughs> these letters are official uh, declarations of war from the rest of Jacob's Bell. Yeah, I mean, this section's like pure horror because mm. Evan is apparently getting transfusions of something. I don't like that word. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every everyone's beaten up and, and just in a terrible state mentally and physically, except for Rose because she's off chatting to the barber. So, like, that's great. Yeah, I'm sure um, that's not a negative. <laughs> yeah. It's just this short little, like, segment that's just basically like, yeah, so everyone in the Thorburn household, they're fucked. Yeah, it's really- things are going to shit in Jacob's Bell, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And, well, okay, so we are still seeing this through the lens of the drains, so maybe there's- maybe everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe everything's fine, and uh, that's the case, and we'll just- have uh, Have I been reading the wrong book? No, look, I'm sure this is the point where for the first time things just work out unexpectedly. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, the Cabal is, is, they're all doing terribly, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And and Blake kind of sees this and he kind of starts to get a clue towards what the Drains is trying to say to him here. But instead mm-hmm. of thinking about it too hard, he goes left and he uh, gets to a very bright, blindingly bright area. And I mean, this this whole segment is so cool because it's yeah. just Blake trekking through this area that gets progressively more and more epic. Uh, and then in in the middle of it, we're also constantly switching between all these visions. Like, you know, I think we we say this fairly often, but you can just picture it in, mm. in a visual adaptation of like you know Blake stumbling through this dark path, and then it cuts to each of these things, and then it cuts back to him. And it's like a close up of his face as he's sort of gritting through it and getting yeah. more determined by it. Uh, it's it's pretty top stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the bits of about this scene I really like is Blake, his brain kind of struggling to comprehend that this thing is huge and far away and there's just this awesome cavern between them. Um, and I, the word awesome applies here because it is very cool, but also it's very, like, awe-inspiring. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the whole idea of, like, a long-forgotten god that's kind of buried down here just throwing out a bunch of blinding light and kind of accidentally preventing Ur from erasing the drains is 
is great. I kind of feel bad for the drains. Like, I don't know if the drains is sentient, but I don't know. I feel bad for it. Yeah, I mean, the drains is a piece of shit, but, like, Ur's more of a piece of shit. So, yeah. like, if you ask me to choose, I'm picking the drains. Yeah, at least the drains can give people superpowers in exchange for their humanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's very cool, right? Um, yeah, I, just conceptually, like, I, I just loved picturing this yeah. scene. Uh, so, Blake has another vision. Uh, Fell's remaining family visits his grave and i want to read this bit out so here's the two lines right fell's grave the snow falling heavily we'll come back tomorrow the old woman told the little girl two sentences two sentences it's this tiny little vision and it imparts like so much emotional depth on you it's great Mm. i love it yeah oh exactly like it as i was saying it'd be great like in a visual thing to sort of snap cut to the just these two standing there and have this line and then you cut back to Blake and then yeah. it's just like, because the way they're interwoven, like, you know, you've got Blake sort of doing this march and we're cutting to these things and you can see how it's fueling him. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Um, Blake has four more visions, short visions. Uh, Alexis smoking, Ty tired and weary, Tiffany injured, almost dead, and Carl smiling with his friends. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that last one. Um, I know, right? <laughs> fucking Carl. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the way these are getting closer and closer together, there's that real sense that like we we're, we're reaching the climax. You know, like you just as I was reading this, you, I was just getting so so tense because it's all building up. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, like this bit was so great to read. Yeah, um, and Blake realizes kind of yeah, I actually have made the world a worse place, and we see him. He takes a step back after he has this thought and it kind of, the book is kind of faking you out to be like, oh, Blake is kind of backing away from this. And then he thinks a bit more and he takes another step back and thinks a bit more and you're like, what's going on? And then you realize he's been, he's getting a run up to just charge at <laughs> her, which is, it's great. Like he's That's full so on. Blake. Yeah. He's full on what? confronting, um, the fact that he's made the world a worse place and kind of being like, okay, yeah, but that, if that's the case, that that's all the more reason why I'm not just going to lie down and die. Yeah, any any concerns I sort of had that Blake was giving up too much of his humanity disappeared when he did this, because I was like, no, that's definitely Blake. Uh, for better or for worse, mm. uh, he's still going to keep doing this, I guess, jumping at Ur. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, jumping at the real Ur and the metaphorical Ur. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so Blake kind of charges at Ur's tendrils, um, climbing up and up, and he finds the hyena, a lost thing, and kind of uses it to, to chop at Ur and help fight his way through. Uh, it's it's like, just the hyena being there. It's just like, <laughs> oh, of course. Like, yeah, it's, classic. It's great. Um, um, I mean, I think he brings it with him, so like, I swear to God, if, if, if there's more talk of this being his implement, I'll... I'll quit. <laughs> I can't handle that again. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, I- I'm going to read out a section here. I had to ask for help. I screamed. I screamed guttural, as close to the same tone as the god that shone its light into this dark chamber, fighting Ur for as long as he lasted. I worshipped that lost god for just a moment. The light grew more intense and Ur burned away. This, man, this is fucking hell. I love this mm. bit. Like, this is the most like epic moment impact so far right like fuck it feels so good oh it's yeah it's it's so crazy like 
Blake is, you know, climbing his way up these rocks with a sword impaled on his hand, screaming for a god to yeah. brighten his day. Um, <laughs> Literally, it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it's- uh, Yeah, it's awesome. It's, re- it's really powerful imagery. It's it's so great. <sighs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it doesn't last very long because he gets <laughs> out and then yeah. he's already surrounded by Ur again. So, yeah. it's sort of this, like, I mean, that's the story of Blake's life, right? Like, this this huge triumphant moment, and then the second the smoke clears, uh, yeah. Ur's all over him again. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he kind of- the light fades and he's back on the factory floor in the real world. Yay! But, oh no, Ur's still here, and Ur circles around Blake, trapping him. Um, but he's out for now, I guess. <laughs> I mean, part of me- Maybe this is all the twists making me paranoid. Part of me wonders if he's out, out. <laughs> Do I need to get uh, my tinfoil hat again? <laughs> uh, no, like, I think I think whatever happens here in the factory is still going to be part of his set. Like, I don't think he's fully escaped the drains yet. I, I don't buy that mm. um, for some reason. Like, I wonder if Blake's need to keep fighting, even Ur in particular, was a huge part of why he led a lot of people down these paths and mm. left them in this bad state. I wonder if part of what he has to do here is just let let it go. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, and that's the end of Null Nine Point Five. We've got one chapter left, so presumably we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see his fight. Uh, yeah, so uh, again, the, it's the big three point oh, right? Uh, he's he's lost to uh, twice. This is yeah. the one that really matters, uh, according to our rule of three. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Good point. This is the this is the decider. <laughs> Yeah, uh, ho- hopefully he can pull a um, whatever Tromos's uh, familiar was was called. Was oh where, right, <laughs> where she lost she lost twice and then yeah. she beat Tromos the third time and he ended up her familiar. Yeah, Blake needs to do that, but not the familiar bit, but the first <laughs> bit. Yeah, I was gonna say, what are you replacing Evan with her? <laughs> yeah. Tr- trading up, man. Evan, Evan is so two arcs ago. <laughs> yeah, now we got a demon of erasure. <laughs> um, anyway, just like Podrick wanted. So before <laughs> before we wrap up the uh, this chapter, uh, we wanted to do a comment dive to see how people were reacting to this epic uh, resurrection, I suppose, um, uh, five years ago when this chapter first came out. Um, so I'm going to pull out some comments first, uh, a, a thread mm-hmm. of comments with a few people, including Teller, Michael, Deadwalker, and Mark. Um, some of those are just human names. They're not even like screen names. Uh, anyway, they're, they're talking about and theorizing about the God of light, uh, the Lord of light, I'm going to call him, um, and how he ended nice. up down in the in the drains anyway. Um, and so obviously one of the answers that comes out is it was just a big coincidence. He kind of was there and got uncovered and it's a coincidence that Ur is being held back, but that's lame. Uh, yeah, well, this isn't this book just full of coincidences like that. It, it, that honestly, tracks. it feels like <laughs> it feels like the most likely answer, but also I, I'm I'm I don't want it to be true, so I'm just going to ignore <laughs> it. Um, I, I, other people were talking about the idea of the Lord of Light slash the Lord of Light's followers kind of playing some part in sealing Ur in the factory. Um, these followers becoming erased, and so therefore the Lord of Light being cast down into the drains, um, which makes sense. I mean, the only way that you know, the only two ways that we've seen people come to the drains so far is fighting Ur or a, a typhoon. So, yeah, um, it makes sense for the followers to be erased and therefore the god forgotten and uh, cast down. I mean, or, oh, oh god, even 
if the Lord of Light was part of the fight with its followers and it got its connection snapped like Blake did or something. You yeah. Know, like- so this is one of the other ideas. The Lord of Light as a as a being of light uh, opposing the the demon of darkness. Uh, and they kind of be locked in some kind of, uh, uh, you know, stalemate since that point um, where the Lord of Light mm. is slowly being withered withered away while earth slowly gains ground um i mean ah oh, that's so cool like you see like any of those could be a whole book mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, it's, mm-hmm. um, that's great i mean i actually i actually pulled out a comment by dead walker um oh. in a separate area double points was also for to- dead walker. um there was also talking about this god i think like the the finest parts of the comment thread in in this in this chapter to me were the stuff talking about this god because mm. it's just such a cool thing that's kind of thrown in at the end, but yep. as we've sort of said, is just so cool. Yeah. Um, and Deadwalker talks about how it's not just like a god of of light, but just the concept of a god is generally associated with like you know creation of the, well, you know this god is just creating light and sound all the time. So mm. like holding it up as a symbol um, that opposes Ur, which you know it ties into what you were saying. Mm. Um, you know, it's a being of entropy and uh you know like it 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 sits well as this opposition to uh yeah i guess that's a good point like it's not just making light it is making sound it's making you know energy right and so why not it could hold back uh yeah well and just the concept of gods in general is usually associated with creation to varying degrees um and 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 so you know like of course a, a god of light is the opposite of Ur in, in many ways. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's what people were saying about this chapter five years ago. And that means it's time for the end of Null 9.5. But don't worry, there's one more Null chapter, 9.6, and we'll be coming at you with that in just a few days. Yes, but uh, if you can't wait that long and you want to submit some last-minute answers to the discussion <laughs> question... You have to get it in real quick by the time uh, this thread's out. <laughs> um... Yes, but if you think you can make it, if you think you know of a historical or mythological person who came out of the drains and and may have lost something, uh, hit it up in the discussion thread that's in the notes below this audio video file. Mm. It doesn't have to be a person. It can be an animal too. Uh, My personal example would be Farlap, who went into the drains and uh, traded some of his life expectancy for being really good at racing. Um, Yep. Anyway... Uh, putting that <laughs> putting that aside, if you want to, if you are, if you're sad that this podcast has come to to an end, and you want to hear more great Doof Media podcasts, the place to go is doofmedia.com. We can hear a bunch of other cool podcasts, including new uh, baby Doof podcast, new to the network. Uh, Do the right thing, uh, which is a a uh, writing challenge podcast i don't know what how do you describe it i guess in yeah, one or no, two that's, words that's pretty much it like a, a short creative writing or yeah. you know a short story writing challenge podcast thing uh look they explain the premise better than we do so yep. go check it out to to get a better understanding yeah um other shows like we've got ward in fact do the right thing and we've got ward both coming out uh on wednesday the day after we yeah. release the day after no. today the the day that this releases. The day it's, of this uh, releasing. Oh my gosh. Whenever we have bonus weeks, it becomes triple doof Thursday. Where where doof's day? Wednesday. I'll, I'll workshop that one. Yeah. Uh but you know it's a so it's, it's a big triple day. So plenty of plenty of doof content for your ears on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um I've been really enjoying seeing a lot of people's uh and reading a lot of people's uh do the right thing stories. Um and there's been They're a lot so of good. Yeah. 
And there's been a lot of discussion about them in the Doof uh, Discord as well, which uh, patrons will have access to. If you want to have access to the Doof Discord and chat about these stories, Wild Bo's stories, Do the Right Thing stories, or really anything, it doesn't even have to be a story, um, you can go to patreon.com slash doofmedia and check it out. Yes. And of course, Wild Bo has a Patreon, patreon.com slash Wild And without it, we wouldn't have cool gods and goblin swords and, and you know, so go go give him some money if you can. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, you've, they say you need, a, you need a, a bow, a wild bow, a wild boar, as it was, to catch uh, 30 to 50 uh, feral hogs. So if you're worried about that, go to Wild Bo's Patreon. Um, is, that a, is that a reference that you're, are you au fait with the Twitter memes at the moment, Elliot? Yeah, I think I saw something about that. I, I understood like 40% of the reference, I think. Mm. Well, you got to spend more time on Twitter. Um, speaking of spending more time on Twitter, uh, we have a Twitter at MediaMD Podcast where you can follow along with Elliot's live reads and follow to get uh, general updates on when episodes come out and even uh, bonus content. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we'll see you for, you know, the next episode on Friday, the 9th of August for 9.6. We'll see you then. 